You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Everyone, welcome to another edition of Campus Beat. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen, and today I am in my virtual studio with Dr. Lindsay Heggie, Academic Skills Specialist for Student Academic Success Services here at Queen's University. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks, Dinah. We are so happy to have you in our space today because it is exam season at Queen's University. It's that time again, and a really great time to sort of touch base with folks over in Student Academic Success Services about the services and resources available for students, especially first-year students who are, who are going through the final exam uh, season for this is their first year in doing so. So a little bit of extra practice and knowledge of those resources is critically important, especially uh, this particular year with COVID upon us still. No doubt, yeah. I mean, I would argue that it's never too early to come and see us, but exams is a great time as well, for sure. Amazing, <laughs> good, good idea. So before jumping into all of the services and resources available at SAS, tell us mm-hmm. about yourself and your role there. Sure, so as you said, I'm an academic skills specialist. Um, and as such, I get to really apply my background in ed psych and uh, teaching. I meet mostly one-on-one with students and I can meet with anyone and everyone at Queens. So right from your first week in your undergraduate, your first year to the end of your doctoral dissertation, that sort of you know tail end of things across all faculties and departments. So we really provide support that's different from content area help in that like really broad academic skills umbrella. It could be anything from time management, planning and prioritizing your work, um, avoiding procrastination and boosting your uh, motivation, learning and study strategies, and my favorite, reading and note-taking. That was where my uh, doctoral research was, so I always like talking to people about that. Um, Generally, SAS is a really great place because we're all super student-focused, and we love helping people. We're a team of helpers, and we really want to kind of be there for you as much as possible, uh, anybody in the student body, so. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) So again, we're talking about resources and services available to Queen students in order to not only help them survive, but also thrive during the exam season, which is now upon us. And before that, uh, uh, before learning about all of these services, can you tell us first and contextualize a little bit about what kinds of obstacles students might face in terms of staying well and and staying ahead during uh, exam preparations? Mm-hmm. I think uh, exams are kind of a special time, aren't they? It's as opposed to the rest of the semester when you have you know, fairly regular deadlines, even if it's just a discussion post here or a little quiz to check your understanding there, there are, there are more punctuations across the weeks to keep you on track to, so that you don't kind of get off, uh, off track too much. Mm-hmm. But then exams are just nothing, something super important, nothing, something super important. And that can be really challenging for students, I think, to manage because it relies on you kind of focusing in the big picture and on the small picture at the same time. So avoiding cramming by balancing each day, a little bit of studying, a little bit of relaxing. We always talk about exams as a marathon, not a sprint and the kinds of things that you need to do so that you don't 
burn out a third of the way through or even after your first couple of exams when you have one at the end of the month, let's say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So how has uh, COVID-19 and distance learning perhaps amplified some of these issues over the last year in, in your view? And in turn, has it revealed other difficulties students may encounter related to exam prep and staying well? I think that's an interesting question. I think amplified is really just the word there. Um, what I've heard from a lot of students this year is that COVID has essentially taken all of the like typical, quote unquote, typical challenges of the academic year and just turned up the volume. So exactly that. Um, but for some students, though, it has made some things better. And I think that that's important to remember, too. I've had a lot of students tell me that they like the change um, because they like to be in charge of their own time and they don't have to deal with the anxiety that comes from facing large in-person lectures, for example. Mm -hmm. That's not everyone, but that it is a factor for a lot of students. For others, though, it's made everything more challenging. It's turned up the volume there. So not having clear information about that shift in expectations from high school to university, let's say, or the importance of setting and following your own routine and how that bleeds into everything else. The motivation to work on things that you don't really understand or that you don't really like or that isn't due for marks, that's kind of a classic student problem, but now it's even more important when a lot of work is asynchronous. Um, yeah, it's all been exacerbated, definitely. Um, okay. So there's good in there as well, but it really has made everything more challenging, yeah. Okay, thank you for those insights. Appreciate it. Now, back when I was an undergrad, we all sat in Jock Hardy Arena with hundreds of other students at a time and furiously writing three hour exams in booklets. And until recently, in person proctored exams on paper was still the usual practice. So, mm -hmm. this year, though, how will exams actually work now that COVID 19 has made such gathering uh, impossible? and untenable, what can students expect with their finals this season? Yeah, um, I think students know this more intimately than I do because I'm with you, Donna. I, I definitely wrote in, I had my little pencils lined up in the big gym, like the whole thing. <laughs> yep. um, and if, if anyone's listening who wants more information, the registrar's office has some really great stuff on their website. But the other good thing about this is that even if you're in first year, let's say you've been through this at least once, December was the kind of what's it going to be like what do you mean uh, artificial proctoring what is that yeah <laughs> at least you know what to expect even if it's terrible at least you've been there before and so you can make some changes to make it a better experience for yourself generally it's you know online exams that are remote proctored or like proctored by a robot or by a real human um, take-home exams which can last are usually timed anywhere from like three hours to two weeks depending on what it is and then there are some that I'm aware of that are forward only exams. So online exams like Psych 100 that uh, a lot of students have come to see me about this year um, where you get a question and then you never see it again. You can only move forward sort of GRE style. Um, and I think that the thing that I would say there from SAS's perspective is that the good news is that you can still use the best practices to prepare for these exams, even though they're in a different context, even though it's a different modality, even though it might be unfamiliar if you're an upper year student, you're like, this isn't the way I've always done it. That's okay. The same study skills, the same preparations and planning and actions will help you prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And if we get into something about test anxiety, then it's the same sort of things, maybe amped up a little bit because it seems weird. And what if they misinterpret what I'm doing? But back to, you know, a lot more now than you did in the winter. And so keep what you liked and focus on the little changes you can make to make it a better experience for yourself. 
sage advice. Thank you. Now, with all of this in mind, Lindsay, in in what ways is SAS supporting student learning and wellness uh, this year and every year for that matter? Uh, let's start first with programming and resources to stay well, and then manage time and get the most from study time ahead of the exam period. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I like about our approach at SAS is that we really view it as academic learning in the context of your life. We never want to approach it as though you should be able to or can easily cut out the rest of yourself. You're a whole human who's doing a lot of things in addition to your academic work. Um, and so that balance in your questions that I like so far is really like staying well and studying. Both of those things are important. And in fact, of course, they uh, influence each other. Mm -hmm. um, we usually take like a three level approach with the programming that we have. We have a lot of great online resources on our website. Um, key right now, I think for a lot of people and people come back to us semester after semester, year after year for the exam study schedule. It really helps you break things down um, into manageable parts and work backwards from your exams so that you can balance all the moving parts of uh, exam season. So that's my number one recommendation for online resources right now. But we also have, you know, as I was saying that I do one-on-one -on -one appointments and we have provide workshops as well. Um, some of them have passed already, but I know one that's coming up shortly is just how to study for exams under arts and sciences. So what are the kinds of things that you should know? Mm -hmm. um, and in the one-on-one -on -one appointments, you can talk to people about writing specifically to improve your writing skills. They don't go over papers for you, but you can bring an example and learn about your own writing and way of phrasing things. You can meet with me about all the things that I already said that I do. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, an, a, a special program for students with English and as, as an additional language, which covers reading, writing, speaking, and listening, and everything that that could mean across uh, undergrad and graduate. So there's lots okay. of opportunities there, I think. Does that, that sort of answer the question? Absolutely. <laughs> so now what about programming and resources to uh, specifically to help students with managing their preparation and their well-being? Can you identify mm -hmm. things that students can sign up for even right now? Um, we're just coming to the end of the workshops right now. We try to keep it because a lot of our peers are involved in uh, the workshop programs. A lot of times they have to do exams too, right? So right. If someone is really experiencing a challenge having to do with you know, the balance of their academic and their wellness, then um, it's unfortunately a bit split between us and the support that we can provide, which is primarily academics, but also you know, well-being and anxiety and other things around schoolwork. But then I would also encourage people to reach out to student wellness. One thing that I wanted to talk about was a resource that we created in partnership with Student Wellness Services, which mm -hmm. is our test anxiety uh, kind of module that goes over you know, understanding and accepting and working with and then strategizing around that feeling of, you know, test preparation, but also I think key test writing. And so how do you stay calm in the moment? That's really both a matter of sort of stress coping and mindfulness skills. And then also how can I prepare well so that I feel confident about what I know? You know, if I want to get away from cramming, but what, what direction should I go in? That's the kind of stuff that it would cover. Okay. Yeah. So thank you very much. Um, thinking about that quest or that information that you've just shared, test anxiety, as we know, is a very real experience for many students in any mm -hmm. learning environment. So before seeking those services, how might students first recognize and then address 
test anxiety? How will they know that they're experiencing test anxiety? Right. So most of the students who come to me to talk about test anxiety, they know it very well. They know exactly that this is an issue that they've always had. But I think that what I would distinguish is um, like general anxiety from test anxiety. That's a very context specific experience of anxiety, right? It's just Mm -hmm. around being evaluated, being assessed in an academic context. Um, But even within all of that, something that's important to say is that anxiety is a part of life, right? Any discussions around like mitigating anxiety is always about getting it down to a manageable level, not erasing it entirely. Because when it's at a manageable level, anxiety really helps us kind of get hyped up for something. It's that feeling you could equally label as excitement as anxiety You're like okay I've studied well I'm excited for this exam let's go like you listen to your pump up mix or whatever on your way to your exam and you're like okay let's do this that's at a manageable level you're feeling kind of like hyped up um, but it's really when the anxiety gets to be at a level where it's too intense and it starts to affect your performance that's when it's kind of the window of okay this is a problem. I need to find some strategies to to mitigate it a little bit, to get it to a manageable level. And that's really done through micro changes. Um, You don't have to do everything all at once. Um, That's not the expectation, but just what feels like a first step that you can do. For some people, it's changing the way that they talk to themselves about their academic work. So just what I said about labeling something as excitement instead of I'm so nervous about this. Okay, I'm excited. I've studied well, I can do this, you know? practicing a bit of self-compassion and realizing, okay, it's normal to feel anxious. I'm just going to do my best and that will be enough. So again, really changing the way that you talk to yourself. That's a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Some people like to um, meditate or do mindfulness exercises um, as they're studying, maybe in the hour leading up to the exam as well, maybe having something like a grounding exercise they go to during the exam, something you could do even as you're being proctored, you know, like five finger breathing, for example, that's a common one that a lot of people talk about. Uh, And in case anyone's listening and saying, I haven't heard of that, then um, you breathe in and out as you trace the, um, the outside of your hands. So you breathe up your finger and then down your finger, up your ring finger, down your ring finger, up your middle finger, and on all the way through, like deep breaths in and out. And that just gives you a bit of grounding in your body. It gives you some grounding in your breath. So you breathe through your five fingers. And sometimes you get to the end of your hand and you think, okay, I feel better. What, what's the next step? Or I need to do that again. Okay, let's do it again things like that. We have some more uh, in our test anxiety module that can help just to kind of take a minute and say, okay, it's feeling unmanageable. I need to focus on my breath for a minute. I need to feel my feet on the floor. Squeezing lemons is another one that I like, which you can do above your desk. They don't think that you're, you have your hands where you can't see them or something. You can just squeeze your hands as tightly as you can and imagine that you're squeezing lemons and the kind of juice is running down your arms and then let go. This is another way to get into your body so you're not all in your head worrying, I didn't study this enough. And the first question is one I don't know. And da, 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 da. Like you don't want to get on that kind of spiral, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a time situation. Um, and ultimately the other thing that I like, so in addition to anxiety, isn't supposed to go away, just get it down to a manageable level and then reframing feeling emotions as getting information from your body or getting information from your mind. Like, okay, this is not an order. Now I have to feel anxious and I can't do anything else. Like, okay, this is information I'm, you know, feeling some nervousness, but I'm also getting excited to take on this challenge. I can feel it. Okay. But I'm not going to let it take over. 
it's just a signal, right? And so we have a lot of, of that sort of thing in that module. And I think that that can be helpful for students to think through so that you're doing the work of studying well, you're preparing in advance, you're trying not to cram and get into that stressful mindset, you're you know, focusing on the big picture as well as the details, you're giving yourself enough time to really understand concepts, but also you have a coping plan in place. Those two things really go hand in hand, which is why I like this test anxiety resource that we have because wellness brought their expertise and we brought our expertise really to bear on this thing that involves both parts. Okay. So really important uh, insights there too, to, uh, for students who are listening to uh, stay ahead of and recognize their feelings. But again, also uh, being able to tap into those resources that you had talked about earlier as well. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, Lindsay, where can students turn for uh, exam help, guidance, resources uh, related to exam prep and staying well while programming remains largely virtual at Queen's University? I would say this is my time to plug the one-on-one -on -one appointments that we have. I think especially this year, it's been so valuable for students to connect with another human who's not part of their course, who's not part of the instructional team and not evaluating them in any way. They're confidential appointments. So you can come in and tell me whatever you need and it stays, you know, stays in Vegas sort of thing. Like it's just the two of us talking. And I think that that's been really important for people. So if you want to book at that appointment, you can come to our website, sass.queensu.ca and click on the sidebar. It says book an appointment and it'll take you, you have to register for our online system. I'm sorry, that's, that's the way it goes with online things. But then you have access to all of the um, schedules. So writing support, EAL specific support, support from peers as well, which has been really lovely when people are feeling that kind of lack of, both expectations and social connection. It's nice for them to talk to fellow students and then to the academic skills schedule where I am as well. Um, even as things remain virtual, um, I think it's really important for people to make those connections to really feel like Queens is an abstract, you know, we're right here, we're still here and we're still trying to do the work that we like to do. So do you have any advice for students, uh, especially first year students on, uh, in general about doing their exams. If you just saw a student on the street and they were like, oh, I got to I got to do all this and I have to study for that. And I've got five exams going in, in, in the next week and a half. What would be your advice that you would just tell the student if they if you saw them on the street or in the library? Or, or the students who I talk to every day, honestly, I, I've had so many of these uh, conversations lately. Um, the thing that it comes down to, I think, is that I would encourage people to try to stay in the present as much as possible to say, okay, here I am right now, it's April, whatever, and I have exams until this date. This is what I'm going to try to focus on right now, this chunk of time. And as such, what do I need? You know, to really try to get away from like, oh, there's a way, there's a right way to do this, or the way that I usually do it. And if it's feeling out of reach, because we're in a lockdown situation right now and it's the end of a long year and a lot has happened and we've all heard the word unprecedented too many times, but here we are, right? So in this exam season, in this context, what do you need? What are your goals and what feels manageable? Okay, focus on that. 
For example, I often encourage first year students to really keep their pace in mind. As I said earlier on in our conversation, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So what is that going to mean? You have to keep your energy up for this very intensive period of nothing, something super important, nothing super important. Um, so make sure you're taking regular breaks, make sure you're sleeping well, make sure you're getting outside safely at least once a day. This is gonna help you really focus and get into it when it's time to work. So that, and that is like distinguishing work time from non-work time. So you can keep up your efficiency and your effectiveness with what you're doing, right? So that's again where the exam study schedule comes in. It really encapsulates a lot of this for us. Mm -hmm. Trying to study three hours a day over five days instead of taking those 15 hours and putting them the day before your exam because that's when you're motivated to do it. Uh, like, let's think about the bigger picture sort of thing. Like the exam set study schedule can help you with that. And if you find that on our website and think, I don't know how to do this, you can make an appointment and we will walk you through it and we'll create that schedule together. Okay. Any final thoughts before we close today, Lindsay? I don't know. Just really, thanks for having me, Diana. I appreciate, I, I love talking about this stuff. I'll talk anybody's ear off all the time about <laughs> the minutia of like all of these topics. So I really appreciate the opportunity, opportunity. And I think that if anybody heard something that they think might be helpful, I'm thrilled about that. If anybody has any questions, please come and see us. <laughs> now, I, I have to ask, your, your children are very, very young, but what would you say to your tiny ones uh, when they start uh, doing their own tests at school? Uh, ultimately, tests don't matter as much as you think they do. They really don't. I think that uh, tests are one step in a like, greater journey if you want to get really philosophical about it, right? We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to you know, I was talking about focusing right here, like that's for better and for worse. If you focus too hard on this test encapsulates everything that I am, your worth as a human being has nothing to do with that, right? Mm -hmm. That is its own thing. And that is, that exists regardless of how you do on a test. And you can always move forward, even if, you know, whatever your unthinkable is that happens, you can always move forward from that. I wish I had talked to you during my <laughs> undergrad. <laughs> well, I think we were in undergrad at the same time. So. I didn't know all this then. <laughs> it's well, funny. It's a very common answer when I tell people what I do. They're like, I wish that I had you when I was in undergrad. I was like, that is what I, yeah, everybody I wish, says that. I wish I had you in elementary school too. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, if I fail this math test, I'm going to fail my grade. Ah, yeah. Uh, that, at least that's uh, what, how I perceived things when I was very young as well. Well, a lot of people do. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been such an enlightening uh, conversation. Uh, folks, we have been chatting with Dr. Lindsay Heggie of Student Academic Success Services, all about the amazing services and resources available now and year round for students at Queen's University to manage their time, manage their wellness, and manage their exam preparations too. Lindsay, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on CFRC. Thanks for having me, Dino. It was nice to be back.
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.